Welcome to the MMA Kill Shot Podcast from DFS Army, UFC 297, Sean Strickland, Drikas Duplessis for the UFC Middleweight Championship. Co-main event, also a title fight for the now vacant UFC Bantamweight title. It's Myra Bueno Silva taking on Raquel Rocky Pennington. I am Sniper. That is Monk. Hit the like button. We're going to talk all things DraftKings betting. Just break down this card. Have some fun doing it. We got a break next week, which we just discovered here as we were talking about uh, as we were leading into the podcast. Monk, what's your, you know what, let's just jump right in kind of before we break down the fights. What is your favorite fight of this card? For me, the people's main event is Mavzar Ivloev and uh, Arnold Allen. Is yours the same or you got a different people's main event? No, that's the one that jumped out. I don't care about the people. This is my main event. I mean, I did. I, I cut my own sentence off. I don't care about the people's main event. I just realized I said I don't care about the people. <laughs> I don't care about the people's main event. This is See my all of you out there? Monk says, just like, yeah, you. that's right. Come at me. Uh, no, I don't need that. Uh, just like Ricky Simone and um, uh, Martinez last week, or Batista last week, um, it's it's Evloev and Allen. As soon as I saw that, flagged it. That's my fight of the week. All right, let's do it, guys. Let's jump right in. The main event, Sean Strickland, he's 8,200, taking on Drikas Duplessis. He's 8,000. You have to say his name like that. Otherwise, I don't know, some South African man jumps out of a corner and beats the shit out of you. <laughs> uh, line on this fight, it's pretty much a pick as you would expect. Minus 115 for Strickland on DraftKings. Duplessis is a minus 105. Monk, you took the main event last week, so yep. I will take it this week. Uh, look, it is a close fight. To me, what I think the difference is going to be is that Sean Strickland's jab is just, it's world-class. It's a volume jab, 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 jab. And he doesn't slow down. He doesn't get tired. Can he be knocked out? Sure. A couple guys have got him. Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos and Alex Pajeda. I don't think that Duplessis has that kind of power. Um, He's got some, and that's, I think, his path here is getting a knockout. But how Duplessis wins fights is, despite the breathing issues, whatever the hell is we're talking about, he wears guys down and takes over late. I don't think that's a real path here against Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's going to pump out 200 jabs at him. Now, the problem is, as we saw in the Strickland-Cannoneer fight, if Strickland just lands jabs and Duplessis lands big shots in each round, the judges might give it to Duplessis. It's entirely possible. But I don't think that Duplessis is going to have success grappling. I think he could land some power shots, but Strickland doesn't slow down. Duplessis, I still over five rounds. we got to see what that's going to be like. I, I think Strickland is just going to use that jab and kind of cruise his way to a victory. It's not my strongest take of, of the card, but the way Strickland fights and the way Duplessis fights in DraftKings, you got to play every bit of this fight. It's got to be in damn near every lineup. It should be um, a stack and cash game is pretty easy, in my opinion. I'm going to pick Strickland straight up. I'll play both guys in terms of odds value. I actually think there is a little bit of value on Strickland at minus 115 if you're here for the betting content. I think the jab is going to be too much here. I can't believe I live in a world where Sean Strickland is the UFC middleweight champion and that I'm picking him to win a fight. But Styles makes fights, and I just... I think that that volume jab is going to be enough here. So for me, it's Sean Strickland. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, I'm going to agree. All week, I've been trying to find a reason to pick uh, Drickus, but like you, know, I, and you said something about if it goes to the judges, if, if Dupl Duplessis lands the better shots, he might get it. I don't think 
there's much of a path for a Duplessis decision, quite honestly. If this gets into, you know, latter half of the of round three, round four, I think Duplessis, I mean, we'll see about the miracle nose surgery that he had before the Whitaker fight, but that one only went into the second round, I believe. So I would be very interested in seeing what it lo- what he looks like in rounds three, four, uh, against a guy that is nonstop pressure like Sean Strickland. If he brings that that game, Sean Strickland, then I don't know what Duplessis is going to do, to be quite honest. Uh, I think he could have moments first and second round, but if he doesn't get Strickland out of there pretty much immediately, uh, this I just don't see how it's going to go well for him, to be completely honest. So I'm picking Strickland. I agree. I think there's a lot of value on the 8,200 salary. He is the cheapest underdog salary, and he hasn't uh, always scored the best, but he's been relatively... You know, he, he's got several fights into the hundreds. I mean, the Abus win, the Imovov win was a uh, five-round decision. He put up 117. I think he put up 144 against guys, uh, some uh, Uriah Hall, I do believe. Yeah, it's the volume. He gets, he gets five rounds of volume. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Strickland to 8,200. He will, uh, I don't mind him for cash, to be quite honest, especially in a kind of a filler spot. You know, he, he was the last guy I put in my cash lineup, so I really don't mind that at all. Some weeks it's a super bad punt play, and this week it's the middleweight champ, Sean Strickland. So I will take that. Let's move on to the co-main event. Myra Bueno Silva, 8,600. Take it on Raquel Pennington at 7,600. Line on this fight. Myra Bueno Silva is minus 166 on DraftKings. Raquel Pennington, the comeback, is plus 140. Monk, you are first for this one. Yeah, I'm going to – I'll keep this one pretty short. Um Raquel Pennington has a pretty good strength of schedule. She's fought the who's who of the division. I'm going to say the exact opposite in about one minute. This is but, really funny. <laughs> but that was all back in the day. I mean, oh, she's good. recently wow. she's it's it hasn't been Amanda Nunes. It hasn't been uh, Holly Holm or or uh, you know Misha Tate. It hasn't been anybody. It's been Marion Renault. It's been <laughs> I, Macy Kieson, and it's been Ketlin Vieta. I, I, I'm um, going to derail you for one second because you're stealing some of my thunder, and we could just point it out together. Have you seen a weaker five and zero UFC? No run that gets you a title shot. It's I'll go through the whole thing because you skipped over a couple names. The yeah. run is Marion Renault, not in the UFC anymore. Panny Kianzad might might be the best win of the fight. Oh, it's one hundred percent the best win. <laughs> Macy Kiasan. Oh, oh, okay. Aspen Ladd, who's dropping fights left and right in PFL now, and mm-hmm. Ketlin Vieira via split decision. And then you and get a title shot. According to the stats. You know, if you just go on stats, she didn't even win the Kianzad fight. It was close, but Kianzad outpointed her. So yeah, it's uh it's pretty interesting. The fact that what even what Pennington's saying this week is kind of funny. But uh yeah, I'm picking Myra Buena Silva. What is she saying? I mean, she's just like, it's great that the world that Myra Buena Silva lives in that she's gonna beat me, but it sounds like a great it's just like Jesus, you're almost as bad as Juliana Pena, but no one is as bad as Juliana Pena. Never forget that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm taking Myra Buena Silva here. I think she's going to probably finish the fight. If she doesn't, I think she's going to win a decision. As far as DraftKings goes, 8600 is a great salary for her because honestly, this could be 9K, uh, in my opinion, according to my the line in my head. Um, so yeah, Silva hasn't beaten the best competition either, but she did fight Manon Fioro and uh, she beat Holly Holm in her last one. So yeah, give me Myra Bueno Silva. I just think it's her time right now. 
yeah, like I said, my we covered my breakdown on Pennington. Had his most very unimpressive UFC win streak to get you a title shot. Whereas Bueno Silva has got um, yeah, not Wu is not great, but Stephanie Egger also not great. You know, you know what? The problem is, be, Holly Holm is a better win than anything on Pennington's record. Exactly. And the UFC bantamweight division is, jeez. Pennington fought Manon or uh, Marion Renault in 2020. She was probably 40 years old in 2020. Manon Fioro is. Hmm. Why is it Manon Fioro in this fight? She's fighting uh, Aaron Blanchfield in a couple weeks. Oh, oh, weight class. That's right. That's right. That's right. She's a flyweight. That's right. Yeah, Silva moved up. They they, after, they all they all the kind of fight. blend together. That's right. Um, yeah. what the hell was I saying? Oh yeah, so Meyer Bueno Silva. I just Pennington is gonna her best pat bats victory is probably that grinding clinch game or takedowns, and we just saw her ninja Joe Holly home on the feet. Pennington might be more technical, but I think Bueno Silva's got more power and ball. I I don't know. I can't get behind Pennington. Even if she wins, Pennington has a way in five rounds. Just she's going to score like shit for DraftKings, even in five rounds. So this is not a stack a stackable five rounder. No. Um, I'm fine with Myra Bueno Silva. She's a decent price. I think she's got a path to a finish. Yeah, Bueno Silva's the play, and I'm not going to overcomplicate it. Yeah. Also, Pennington's almost 36. Hasn't fought for a year. He's really been. She's getting a title. Vieta was January fourteenth of twenty twenty three. All right, we've already spent too much time on this. <laughs> Next fight up, let's talk about the hometown guy, Mike Malat, ninety three hundred, taking on Neil Magny at sixty nine hundred. Line on this fight, uh, Malat is minus three sixty on DraftKings. Neil Magny is plus two eighty five. Luckily, Neil Magny fights are pretty easy to break down. He's the gatekeeper, the ultimate gatekeeper. If a prospect is real. Then he beat they beat Neil Magny. If they're not, Neil Magny beats the shit out of him. We've seen it time and time again. You just look at at, at uh, Neil Magny's resume and and see what he's done here. It's I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it real quick just because it's it's so black and white. All right, let's see. Ready? Was is Robbie Lawler a, a, a real at the time in 2020? Is, is Robbie Lawler real? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So. Magni, uh, actually, Magni won that fight. Actually, twenty twenty, Robbie Lawler. Oh, um, then you got Michael Chiesa. He lost that fight. Mm -hmm. The one that's the, Jeff Neal. I think Jeff Neal kind of got exposed with a hole in his game. Is Max Griffin real? Nope. So guess, so guess, so Magni beat him via split decision. Is Shavkat real? Yes. And <laughs> Magni got pieced up. Is Daniel Rodriguez real? Oh, you can't no. see it. And we and we knew that one. So Magni wins. Is Gilbert Burns real? Well, fuck yeah, he's real. Magni loses. Is Phil Rowe real? No, Magni no. wins. <laughs> is Gary real as much as I hate the little cuck? Yes. So, Maybe, probably. So, I don't think he's champ. He's out of it. I can't wait for him to lose his fight. He's, he's not going to be a champion, I don't think. And I can't wait for him to lose. I know. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. So anyway, um, this comes down to is Mike Malott real? I think yes, and I think fighting at home, you know, he's got the 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 Darce choke win over uh, Johan Lanesta, who's going to talk about later. It's still a little hard to tell because you have you know Nikki Gall win on here and Adam Fugit, so we don't have a real strength of schedule. But by the eye test, Malat's got power. He's a good striker. He, I think he can 
grapple just fine. Magni will have the range advantage and probably be the more technical striker. I just think that Malat's power and takedowns are going to be enough here. It's kind of a simple breakdown. I think he's a good enough prospect. If your eye test tells you, okay, Malat is not good, is not going to be a top 10 guy, then pick Neil Magni. That's the simplest way to break down Neil Magni fights. I lean towards that Malat is for real and is a good prospect in this division. Not sold on him being a champion yet. I would like to see Mike Malat versus Ian Machado Gary. Actually, sign me up. Yes. That so hopefully Malat gets it done here. I do think it happens. Um, I'm going to have to mix in a little bit of Neil Magny and DraftKings because I'm not going to let a Neil Magny vet lesson beat me. But I think Malat's actually live for a monster score with an early finish. Uh, I do like the kid a lot. So that that's that's how I'm approaching this one. Monk, how about for you? Yeah, pretty much the same. I think I'm picking Malat uh, outright. I do think he probably gets a finish. Um, just not sure how he's going to score. I agree. I think he has potential to score very well. I mean, he's averaged 106.8, over five DraftKings points a minute without the bonus points uh, since he started in the UFC. So fantastic numbers towards the top. Uh, great power index, never been knocked down yet. Um, what what happens if this fight gets out of the first seven and a half minutes? That's kind of what I'm worried about um, as far as Malat's scoring. Um, somebody said that I think Malat decision was like plus 650 or something. That's somewhat interesting to me interesting. yeah exactly um but i'm not gonna over you, you you nailed it magni's the gatekeeper 36 years old malat is relative you know he's he's not young but he's he's right in the prime he's not old not young um hasn't fought anybody yet in the ufc but i agree with you i think he might be the real deal so give me malat probably inside the distance i'm just a little concerned with how he scores yeah, he needs to get done already. A lot. All right, next fight up. Let's go. Chris Crybaby Curtis, 8,500, <laughs> taking a Mark Andre Barrio at 7,700. Line on this fight. Curtis is minus 185. Barrio is plus 155. Chris Curtis and I added DM exchange ones after I, you know, you know, he's a social media warrior. He saw, I saw something I said, didn't like it argue with me. I'm like, well, I'll talk to you about it in your DMs. This is why I said that. I think you did this, this, and this. We went back and forth for a little bit. And then I was, you know, I put my point out in long form. I wrote it all out. And then he just didn't didn't respond. He didn't like it. So sounds sounds per sounds exactly sounds right. Sense. So I mean look for all <laughs> let's put it this way. You can say that against Kelvin Gastelum that clash of heads cost him the fight. I can see that. I can get in his side. I can see him being being upset about it. Sure. But then take equally the same against Nasruddin Imavov. He wanted a way out. You can say, oh, he just happened last fight. No, he wanted a way out. He was losing that fight. He was going to lose that fight. He should have been on a loss. He should have lost three of his last four fights. That That's the world we should win in. Yes, he beat Brendan Allen. That's clearly his best win. And Brendan Allen's a different fighter now than he was in 2021 just is um so yeah big old crybaby curtis is he gonna get the win against mark andre barrio monk you were supposed to be first but i have to go on my chris curtis rant no yeah i'm i'm with you there um i don't think mark andre barrio is gonna get it done here i just don't i think chris curtis is gonna get himself back in the win column uh we're talking about strength of schedule earlier uh barrio has a terrible ufc strength of schedule Yes, he's three and two in his last five. Here's his last three wins. Eric Anders, Julian Marquez, and Jordan 
Right. Uh, yeah. So I'm not too interested in Mark Andre. Chris Curtis is going to do what he does. He's going to, you know, counterpunch. That's pretty much his entire game. He's going to counterpunch and hope to land something that catches Barrio off, uh, off balance, you know, shuffle his feet up and, uh, you know, get him to the ground with a punch probably and, uh, try to finish it. That's, that's how I see it going. Um, I think he's going to win this fight. I don't mind Chris for cash. I just don't know how he's going to score. Uh, he's 8,500. So he's not too expensive. I think I had him in the cash lineup that I built, uh, yesterday. I just, I'm going with Chris Curtis, man. I think he, uh, he just does what he, he just, he's just a counter puncher. And I don't think Mark Andre Barrio is, has the tools. He's no Jack Hermanson. He's no Kevin Gastelum. We'll just say that. Yeah, but he's Canadian in Canada. Guess what? I'm picking Mark Andre Barrio. There's so many Canadians this week. So many. They can't I all know. be. There are. But look, here, here's the thing. Uh, I think Chris Curtis has gotten, gotten overhyped. I just do. Let's look at his record. Rodolfo oh, yeah. Vieira can't go more than a round. Sure. Kelvin Gastelum lost. Jack Hermanson lost. Joaquin Buckley. To me, I think he's overrated too, but okay. Yep. Uh, Brendan Allen, different fighter. Phil Hawes sucks. And now we're back in XMMA. Kenny right? Robinson. Like, real quick. We got we got in there real, real quick. I know Mark andre Barrio isn't the best, but what does he have? He's got power. We've seen Chris Curtis on his ass a few times. Mm-hmm. Headbutt or not, whatever. Seen, seen, seen him knock down. And pace and volume. And it's the kind of thing where... I know he's a counterpuncher. I just think Mark Andre Barrio is actually going to overwhelm him. Because when things aren't going Curtis's way, what does he do? He doesn't respond well. No, he doesn't. He does. He does not. So I don't think he's going to do well in that dirty type of fight. Now, if he can keep it clean on the outside, you're probably right. And I'm not saying I'm going crazy here, but I am taking the dog. I got a few dog plays this week, um, especially in this range. Mark Andre Barrio is the first one. It's a close fight. I'm going with the dog, who also, by the way, if he wins, is more likely to break the goddamn slate. Like Chris Curtis can win, like you said, and put up 80 and whatever. Mark Andre Barrio can put up 120. If he gets takedowns and volume, gets on top of Chris Curtis early. Like he throws a lot, he throws hard. I get he's a dog for a reason, but I'm just I'm not a believer in Chris Curtis. So give me Mark Andre Barrio. I'm not either. Just I, this fight sucks. I, I respect your take completely. Um, I hope I'd love nothing more than to see Curtis lose. It's just, he loses to guys that, as he says, runs around. I don't know if Barrio's going to do that. Hopefully it would be great to see him hit him with a power shot though. I would love to see fucking him unconscious. The guy <laughs> was blinking. It's not allowed. <laughs> Ass. Going to get Next back. Fight, on we go to the people's line. main event. It's here. Mavzar Evloyev, 8,700, taking on Arnold Allen, 7,500. Line on this fight. I have to skip over Fight Odds. Fight Odds still has Reyes Olberg up for I don't know what reason. Um, <laughs> Evloyev is minus, minus 192 on DraftKings. Allen is plus 160. I, I'm pretty sure. I think I saw it was you. Uh, going opposite me here i i'm not on arnold allen i know some people are here we go the thing is arnold allen for me has not faced a high level high level grappler recently he just just hasn't since he's made his run into the top 15 he's fought strikers i think he's going to have a hard time with mobzar what's interesting is mobzar can choose to use his wrestling or he can't but when he needs to it's good and i just don't think arnold allen is going to have an answer for it. I think Arnold Allen's going to pop up, but actually that's why I think 
that Mobstar's going to score really good, well on DraftKings. Just those rinse and repeat takedowns. I think we could see a lot of them. Is Arnold Allen better in space? Sure. I just I don't think he's going to have space in this one, and I haven't seen him defend takedowns well enough against guys who know how to shoot takedowns. But for me, I'm on Mobstar for this one. I, I like him quite a bit. But Monk, I, I know you're on Allen, so tell us why. Sorry, as I knock everything over trying to look something up. Um, well, it's tell Sniper why he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, fucking get the shit out of here. Where's my keyboard? God damn it. We're going to war. No, it's exactly what you look. I love Mavzar Evlov. I'm a huge DraftKings stats guy. This guy's made the optimal lineup in his past one, two, three, four fights. I don't think anyone else has done that. I'll have to double check, but he's four for four since 2021. Extremely impressive stat right there. But like you said, Arnold Allen has not fought a high-level grappler. Well, guess what? Mavzar Evloev has not fought a high-level striker. He's fought Mike Grundy, Nick Lentz, Hakeem Dawadu, who stunned him and had moments in that fight. Dan Ige, Diego Lopez, not one decent striker in the bunch. So the exact logic for Evloev, I'm going to use for Allen. Dan uh, Ige is a decent well. striker. He just can't take a jab. Yeah, he. I mean, <laughs> and Allen has, he, he took... Let's see what what was it? Twelve takedowns attempted against him, something like that. Uh, Maquan, where where is it? Where is it? Maquan, Um, takedowns landed against. I don't know. It's I don't want to spend all day looking. Oh, 12. He Maquan landed four of twelve, and then his next fight, Mads Burnell landed six of twelve. Those were Arnold Allen's first two UFC fights. Since then, he is only to your point. Only had 12 takedowns attempted against him. He has stuffed them all. Also, he won those first two fights in which he was taken down several times, which you love to see from an early uh, you know, UFC start uh, in his first two fights like uh, Arnold Allen had. So I'm just going to turn it around, and I'm going to uh, go against my guy. I love Arnold Allen too, but for DraftKings, I mean, Evloev might as well be named Marab Dvajvili the amount that I have played him in his past four fights, and I just don't see it, man. Uh, Diego Lopez had moments against him. I argued I've been a Diego Lopez hater and I have to, I've had to change my mind on that. As I said, Dowdu had moments. You had that one wrong. Let's, yeah, let's... I got that one wrong. <laughs> Dowdu's had moments against him. Arnold Allen could have many more moments against Evloev than those two guys I just named. So I'm going with Arnold Allen, 7,500. Uh, I think that's a fantastic salary. This fight should be way closer than it is. And, uh, I'm hoping to take advantage of that. Fair enough. That's Different opinions. We'll see how it goes. Let's go to the next fight for the featured prelim. Brad Katona. I can't believe he's this high up on the card. How, how is this the featured prelim ahead of Jordan Woodson or even Saidi Tavares? Whatever. Brad Katona is 8,800. Take it on Garrett Armfield at 7,400. Line on this fight. Katona's minus 210. Come back on Armfield plus 170. Monk, we got. Well, I have a feeling we're going to disagree here. Uh, it's Brad Katona for me, and I think he uh, he probably wins this you know seven eight times out of ten to be quite honest. Yeah, he hasn't fought anyone, but Garrett Armfield. I mean, he fought Dave, lost to David Onama, beat uh, Kazama, who turned out to be not not too good uh, in that one. I just think it's it's Katona for me here personally. Uh, looked decent against Cody Gibson, ended up scoring eighty or ninety six. Excuse me, at eighty five hundred dollars that week. Uh, he is $300 more expensive, um, only lost to Hunter Azure, not a great loss, and Marab Dvajvili in his last five. Uh, so, you know, the Marab loss, we can just throw that one out. 
<clears throat> so I, I'm just going with uh, I'm going with Brad Catone. I just think he has more ways to get it done here. And I just think his cardio is probably better as well. Uh, the strength of schedule, while it is bad, it's probably 10 points, or it is 10 points better than Armfield's UFC uh, strength of schedule. So mm-hmm. give me Brad Katona. Uh, 8,800 is quite a bit of money to pay for him. So I'll maybe a little bit in cash, some GPPs. I could probably see myself playing 10 to 15% of Armfield, though, in GPPs. So answer me this. In what fight did Brad Katona look impressive? I mean, he Not hasn't really wise. looked super. I mean, yeah. he did land 160 strikes in his last fight. That's probably the most impressive one. <laughs> I, I yeah, it's. I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't against Cody Gibson. Uh, okay, and I know Garrett Armfield. Garrett Armfield, but 7,400. This price tag, the way Katona fights, everything is grindy, clinch, or even exchange counter mm-hmm. for like. He doesn't pull away from anybody. He just doesn't. I don't know. At least I, when Armfield. You know, I saw I saw him starch Kazama. I saw I saw him knock out um, Graham. And I'm trying to I, that was the fight in you know. We go back. He's got on the regional scene. He's got finishes, right? He finishes people. Katona, even on the regional scene, decision, majority decision, decision, decision. You know, his last finish, his last finish was 2021 against Borislav Nikolic and Brave, and before that. It was in the five fights before that. No, that doesn't count. That was Ultimate Fighter. 2017. Dude doesn't, like, those are guys you should be running over. He just, he doesn't put a stamp on fights. And I feel like Armfield has, will have bigger moments in this fight. Unless he's completely whitewashed and Katona takes over and borings the fight out. Could happen. But in terms of, if they fight even, Armfield has the bigger moments. I think Armfield's got tricky grappling i think his striking's fine katona probably is just a little bit better everywhere just a little though not like a huge margin but i think armfield's more likely to have the bigger moments and he's so much cheaper i can see the judges giving it to him and he's more likely to get a finish give me the shot on the underdog i'm going with garrett armfield um to pull this one off i don't have much interesting in in katona on draft king that's what we're talking about because i got uh, Evloyev right there, Saidi later, who we're going to talk about, Jordan later, and that that's really, you know, Myra Bueno Silva's right near there. Like, even uh, when I say we're going to talk about, like, who who am I playing? Who 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 am I going? Oh, Brad Katona, that's who I'm playing over. Any one of those people. <laughs> yeah, he's even, in no man's even, land. I would even rather play the crybaby Chris Curtis than Brad. Than oh, Brad yeah. oh yeah, Katona. and I'm picking against I'm picking against Curtis. So. Why? Give me Armfield. Moving on, we're going Charles Air Jordan to eight and nine thousand. Taking on Sean Sniper Woodson. It's sad. He's a seventy-two hundred, and it's sad because I have to pick against somebody named Sniper. Uh, DraftKings Jordan is minus two eighteen. Woodson is plus one eighty. Look, Jordan's just better everywhere. He just is. He's a better striker, better grappler. Woodson has going. Woodson is long as fuck and has some power. So if Jordan, as he's trying to close the distance, walks onto something, Woodson could get a knockout. He's live, but skill for skill, Jordan's better. I know another Canadian fighting at home, but Jordan's the type of guy to feed off that energy. Big power. I've seen Woodson be in some wars that against guys he should have smashed. G- give me Jordan. I'm not going to overthink it here. I want value-wise, no part of Woodson. In GPPs, I'll take a shot because, like I said, the way Jordan fights, 
he's live for a knockout. I would rather play, um, you know, we're going the ranking thing again. I would rather play uh, Woodson over somebody like over Pennington, over who else down in this range? I would play Woodson over Vienna and Pennington and probably Magny. For me, Arnold Allen, I know not for you. Just because he's, I feel like if the only way to me that Woodson wins is he catches Jordan coming in and puts up a big score. Because I don't think he's going to decision him to death. I guess just not. So for me, Woodson's the secondary option. But I, I am, don't make no mistake of what I just said. I'm all about uh, Jordan in this fight. Uh, Monk, who you got? Yeah, pretty much the same. I think Woodson is is a fine punt play for 10%, 15% of that, you know, basically what his odds would be for a knockout. Probably a little worse than the odds, actually. Um, but yeah, Jordan here. I mean, what are the, the odds are m far greater that Jordan guillotine Sean Woodson than it is Sean Woodson knocking out uh, Jordan, in my opinion. Um, Woodson, his strength of schedule is one of the worst on the card. And we're talking UFC strength of schedule. Lost to Julian Erosa who's only been knocked out in every fight, beat Yusuf Zalal, Colin Anglin, Luis Saldana was a draw. If you remember, the one of the lowest fight IQ fights <laughs> in all of 2022, if not since, um, and then walked all over Dennis Bazookia, but didn't finish him three-round decision. Meanwhile, Jordan's out here subbing uh, Ricardo Hamosh, uh, beating Crone Gracie. That's probably not saying a lot. Uh, Lando Venata. So, you know, Hamosh win is a good win. Yeah, the Hamosh win is a great win. I meant strictly the Gracie win is not much to speak on. But yeah, uh, yeah Charles Jordan, super exciting fighter. He's in at home. Um, I think Sean Woodson, basically, like you said, his only path is probably a knockout finish in which Jordan overextends himself, does something stupid or greedy. But I also don't see that happening anymore. Uh, Jordan has looked much, much better in every single fight. He's doing less and less of the stupid shit and more and more of the killer instinct shit. Which more I and love. more of the good shit. Yes, which we love to see. So give me Charles Jordan. I mean, we're talking, who, who you want to pay uh, 8800 for Katona? Just put up an extra 200 and get this guy. I mean, there's so many other options. I picked Katona, but I there's so many other options around, and Charles Jordan is definitely one of them. This dude's fought eight times since 2021 this is his ninth fight that's got to be uh, up there with some of the most moving on names i can't say is it serhi city city i can't I, i'm hearing seri serhi city seri city thank you that's one of those i looked up when i was researching the fight at the start of the week and then by the time you go to record i go oh fuck i forgot how to say it. <laughs> i've been saying it in my head a different way serhi city he is. Oh, I trapped my cat in the office. I'm gonna to go fix that in a second. <laughs> Poor fucker. Um, he's nine thousand. Tavares is seventy three hundred. Sorry, Saidi is eighty nine hundred. Line on this fight. Uh, Saidi is minus one eighty five. Come back on Tavares is plus one fifty five. Interesting backstory here. They fought on Contender Series. Saidi won via knockout. It was an early stoppage for sure. Still looked good. Dropped him, but early stoppage. Um. Tavares goes, gets another contender series fight a month later, wins in 30 seconds, and they rematch him here in the UFC. So I like I like the rematch here. Monk, who you got in it? Uh, Yeah, it's going to be Siri Saidi for me. Uh, this dude, Tavares, yeah, he got dropped in one minute. And yes, it was an early stoppage, but he still got rocked and dropped uh, in the contender series. 
then yes, he did go out and beat someone in 40. You know who that was? Cortavius Romeus. Uh, I mean, we that's that should be a that should hurt your strength of schedule to 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 even fight that guy. Um, so yeah, if you're telling me it's a rematch between contender series guys, first of all, I'm like, who cares? Uh, second of all, I'm like, wait, one of them knocked the other one down in a minute. I'm picking that guy. So I'm going and, with Sarah Sidey. And the guy who did it is supposed to be the grappler in this matchup. Exactly. I'm going with Sarah Sidey. I mean, in his extremely short, I mean, it, just that fight he scored. Who cares? He outscored this dude completely. Tavares' numbers are all jacked up because he fought Cortavius Romeus, uh, who did an interview on our other my other channel that I uh that I do stuff on. And he was wearing a uh what do you uh, is a black ski. I know it's not a ski mask, but uh it, it's like had, had the, during the interview say right now this is it always went to a weird direction on me well he, he he did the whole interview on our channel where he was wearing i forget what they call it but it was like the ski mask with the face you could only see his eyes and he did like a 30 minute interview indoors with that on so i was just like man that uh i really wish we could see your face so we know who to root for in the fight and then he went out and got absolutely starched in 40 seconds so my point of all that that crazy uh side side path is uh i don't value ramon Tavares too much with that win so give me the guy who knocked him down in a minute in seri sidey yeah i will say just really high variance by gpp only is in uh on DraftKings. i will say that i like i like sidey as well i think he can grapple clearly he could strike fine i mean Tavares is, is whenever i watched a few of his fights he's just a boxer doesn't throw any kicks at this level, give me the guy who's more well-rounded, can grapple, can kick, already knocked you down. I'm on Saidi as well, and um, I'm mixing both guys. This is probably one where I'm going to play a little bit of both guys in GPPs and move on about my day. Yep, exactly. Let's go next fight up. Let's talk Jillian Robertson. She's 9,100, taking on Pollyanna Vienna at 7,100. Robertson minus 300, come back on. Vienna is plus 235, and we have a grappler's delight. I love fights like this. I like grappling. If you don't like grappling, go watch boxing. Leave me the fuck alone. Um, and I can admit when people are just lying on each other, and that's that's a bit much. But grappling, it's good stuff. If you don't like it, you're watching the wrong sport. But anyway, mm. uh, both these women like to grapple. It's the same as every fucking Pollyanna Vienna fight. I feel like, well, she's dead to an armbar. I know she got a not. She's gotten a knockout, but usually, how many times have we said Pollyanna Vienna's got to get an, a a, an arm bar or she's toast. How many Probably times has she fought? <laughs> you know, and she got subbed last time out by um, Yasmin Lucindo. She lost to Tabitha Ricci. Like, she's been subbed by, subbed by Veronica Hardy. Look, Jillian Robertson does not like to be hit. However, she's much bigger than Vienna. She's physical. She can wrestle and grapple. She's got heavy top pressure, and she's a black belt too. I don't think you know. It's just she's gonna get on top and just grind out Vienna over three rounds, or eventually find a submission. And just Vienna's got to work her way for a submission, even on the feet. I guess I don't know. I still would, would favor Robertson because she hits harder. Just she doesn't take a strike well. So Vienna would be live on the feet, I guess, but. They both want to grapple. I, I don't see a world in which Jillian Robertson doesn't get this fight to the ground or they get to the ground and maybe Vienna, aside from the armbar, maybe during a takedown, Robertson makes a mistake and Vienna ends up on top. I just think Robertson top game is so good. I think she wins here. I think she puts up a decent score. 
I'm back on the Jillian Robertson Red Storm train. I, I love me some grappling-based fights, and this is one up in that range. What's interesting here, what's really interesting, is everyone's going to be on Jad Devicious, who we're going to talk about. Mike Malott, Charles Jourdain. Those are your other 9,000 and up fighters. Jillian Robertson's going to go overlooked and has a pretty clear path to a finish here. Get me overweight, and I'm going to feel good. Like if I'm if I'm considering ownership, if I can play Malott or Robertson, I would play Robertson. I think Robertson's the better GPP play when you include ownership. Um, and I could almost argue the same about Charles Jordan. I can almost argue she's the best 9K play on the board, actually, just because no one's going to own her, I don't think. Now, I've again, I don't listen to other people's stuff until maybe the morning of fights when I'm on a run or waiting for my daughter to get a ballet practice or whatever it may be. I tend to try and ignore the other stuff. So, and I rely on our ownership projections for that. So, DFS Army members, and if you're not joined, link link down below. Uh, we'll see what the ownership is. Maybe I'm off, but if the ownership is where I think is Robertson, which I'm thinking 15 to 20%, and I'm bad at ownership, so we'll see what it is. That's my guess. I'll be, if it's 15, I'll be double easy. Easy. Um, and I'll, I'll sacrifice some Jazz Devicious, Malat, and Jordan lineups. Monk, how about for you? 100%. I thought this was a hot take on this show for the, for me this week, but I think Robertson, I agree the best nine K option. In my opinion, she has the best chance of, of having the, the highest score. Maybe I my think ownership I mean, is wrong. Polly. No, I, I, I don't think so. I think you're spot on. And I just think maybe for once I'm smart enough to see it. Maybe we're both <laughs> smart enough to see it. You know what I mean? Watch um, Vienna win in 40 seconds. Exactly. That's all I'm thinking of. <laughs> I have that on loop while I'm talking It's just her grabbing that arm. Um, but I completely agree, man. I don't know. Both of them want to get the fight to the ground. And yes, occasionally we have seen grappler versus grappler be a completely ugly stand-up fight. Mostly it's men that that happens with, to be quite honest. Um, I don't Damn think it's going to happen here. Get your ass to the ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Fucking that's going to I don't think that's going to happen here, man. I'm I'm going Robertson's much better in my opinion. Um, and she's almost three full years younger than Pollyanna Viana. Can you believe that? She's only 28 years old. Uh, she'll be 29 in May. And this girl has, I don't even know how many UFC fights. Where's uh, a bunch? 15 UFC fights. Guys, she's 28 years old. 106 points per win. When Viana wins, she has great numbers as well. But when Viana wins, I mean, she's beaten freaking cans, dude. Jinyu Fry, Mallory Martin, Emily Whitmire. Who the fuck? Her strength of schedule is almost as bad as Sean Woodson's, and that is saying something. So give me Jillian Robertson. I think she's probably better everywhere. I think she's more she's technically better. And um, I think she finishes Pollyanna Viana and scores very well at 9,100. I think you're right. 15 to 20% ownership. And I'm gonna be I'll, if it's 20, I'll be double that. You said double 15. I might have her 40 fucking percent. I'll be in that range, yeah. Next fight up, Johan Lionese. Man, I'm I did not relook at names. I clearly researched this card bottom up and just did not look at names again. <laughs> Fuck, you host the podcast, sniper motherfucker. <laughs> uh, take it on Sam Patterson. He's seventy eight hundred. Johan, remember the Johan Zohan. Just call him that for now. Minus one forty five. Come back on Patterson is plus one fifteen. Patterson is fresh off a visit to the Shadow Realm. Um, <laughs> Monkey's going to bounce back from that? I don't 
think so. Uh, and yeah, you can definitely remember Johan Lanace because he's the guy that beat, sorry, while, while you were talking, my uh, Excel crashed. And so I'm just vamping while it reopens. He beat Darian Weeks and scored 39.9 in a decision win. Do you know, Sniper, that you get 30 points for a decision win in DraftKings, which means this dude scored 9.9 points in 15 minutes. I mean, that's almost impossible to do. Uh, he also lost to Gabe Green, Mike Malott. Uh, just kind of funny, if you he scored 39.91. If you add up his two losses, those two losses, he also scored 39.91. It's just kind of interesting there. So I think Johan Lanace is cursed. But in this fight, we might break the curse, man. This dude, Sam Patterson, longest neck in the UFC, lost to, uh, and not only the longest neck, but he, what's he looking at up there? His, why is his, are his eyes and his chin, like, this dude's chin is higher than uh, a lot of things I probably can't, <laughs> that just came into my head that I can't say on the show. But uh, yeah, long story short, man. Lenace, to me, at a favorite salary of 8400 is such a shit DraftKings player that I'm considering him a dart throw as a favorite. So 10 to 15% Lenace, maybe a little bit more. But dude, what do you really want to get burned because you played too much Lenace and then he either goes to decision with this dude or worst case scenario gets flatlined by Sam freaking Patterson? No, I don't want that to happen to me. I'll probably have 15% of each of them and just sh sh wipe my hands of this. Well, here's the thing. Uh, you kind of laid out the case why I'm picking Sam Patterson. I mean, there it is. <laughs> you kind of laid it, it out. Um, look, he did take an extended vacation to the Shadow Realm. But he's more technical. I think he's a grappling advantage here. I will say Lanese is actually a solid GPP option. I hire on him in GPPs for the reason that Sam Patterson did visit the Shadow Realm. And remember, before Lanese was this no volume fighter, he came out like a fucking shit brick house moron. Like he, and he threw everything away in the first round. And he overcorrected and didn't throw anything. At some point, He's going to figure it out. I can't pick him here. I actually think so. There's a possibility he goes, he reverts back off of that bad performance and throws crazy again and tries to knock out Patterson. That's what we I just think. said about Johnny Walker last week. <laughs> so while I'm picking Patterson, I think Lenese is live. Sure. Live in the mid range. I mean, there's more guys. I'm, 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 I'm going to, I would play Lenese over Chris Curtis personally. In um, GPPs. Yeah. So. But I have to pick Patterson. Just don't get knocked out. I think he wins the fight. I do think he's better. I know we got that vicious knockout against Yanal Ashmuz, who is actually better. He's better than I thought he was, for whatever that is worth. He's he's not as bad as I thought. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to roll with uh, Sam Patterson here to pull off the mini upset. Next fight up. Oh, I get the pleasure of breaking this down. Oh, joy. <laughs> Jasmine Jazdevicious, 9,500, taking on Priscilla Cachoeira. I actually hate the last fight more. So, you know what? We could talk about that. God, I hate the, the last fight. Uh, Cachoeira, 6,700. Line on this fight is Jazdevicious is minus 380. Priscilla's plus 300. Jazdevicious, bigger, stronger, gonna grapple. Priscilla can't stop takedowns, throws like a crazy person. As long as Jazdevicious doesn't go full moron and try and stand with Priscilla, she wins. If she does that, Priscilla will knock her out. That, that is, so that's the only thing about you know, quick go to fade a, you know, the cheapest fighter on the card. She actually has a pretty clear path to victory. And I know it's, it's one in which 
the other fighter just makes a mistake. But if Jazz Vicious even tries to play with her striking, I, I, I wouldn't do that. I can shit on Priscilla all you want. I've seen her knock people out. If she, if, if, and I, I see it. That's the problem is I have Jasmine as one of my most confident plays on the card because there is no world in which if she fights smart, she loses. But I don't 100% trust her. I just, they're both live for big scores. Do not full fade Priscilla. Just, just, just don't. I know it's crazy. Play Priscilla more than you play Neil Magny for me. Like, more than you play. Mm, I don't know. That's probably a bit much. I just you don't gotta go crazy. Just mix in five to ten percent. Sprinkle her in. Yeah. Just 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 don't go one percent or fader because if Jazz Devicious tries to strike, she's gonna end up unconscious. And you're gonna be sitting there going, oh, second fight in, and I'm 0 and 2 in my lineups because or the first fight, let's not even talk about. Mm -hmm. We're going to in a second, but the first two fights, the first fight is super variant, and this fight I'm relying on fight IQ. We'll see what happens. But yeah, give me give me Jasmine who should win via grappling get on top domination. Monk. Agreed. Give me Jasmine who should win via grappling. Um, the problem is she's $9,500, guys. She's only been a DraftKings favorite once in her career. That was against Natalia Silva, and she lost that fight. Uh, the rest of the time, she was 7,400, 78, 69, and 8,000. And now she's 9,500. Yes. Priscilla is a very interesting fighter. We'll say that that gives up a ton of DraftKings points per minute and per loss, almost five points a minute and over 110 per loss. But Jasmine, I mean, she scores very well per minute, 3.42 points. She ends up with 92 points per win, guys. 92. You're not even 10xing that number at 9,500. Um, she's a decision fighter. That's all. I mean. She's just been a decision and she's fought scrubs too. She's fought Kay Hansen and went to decision with Kay freaking Hansen. Um, so I don't think that it's a guarantee that she's going to go out there and, and finish Catuera. probably more of a decision, especially it's just going to be like takedowns and, and tons of control time. And if we don't see a finish, yeah, she could break 90, but what does that really do for us at 9,500? So I'm going to be not as high on just vicious as I'm sure a lot of other people will. And I agree with you completely. Five ten percent of Catuera is uh, probably in my game plan. So we have to go to the next fight. All right, oh, let's yeah. do it. Let's go to the next fight. Malcolm Gordon, eighty three hundred, and at a fucking ridiculous minus two twenty, taking on Jimmy Flick at plus one eighty five. Okay, Monk, you go first before I probably explode, <laughs> and I'm going to. I mean, I guess put both of these guys in your GPP lineups. Don't play this in cash. Actually, that's well, not true. Here's I'm, the I'm problem. Gordon's at minus two twenty. Yeah, he's minus two twenty. So tons of value. I'm actually, I actually am playing Gordon in cash. But in what my if one the wind blows and knocks him out? Um, yeah, eighty three hundred is crazy, crazy low. It should be uh probably wider, but Gordon has no chin. Uh, and Jimmy Flick doesn't throw no strikes and also has no chin. So. I just don't – I don't think Jimmy Flick's going to win. I can't tell you why. I honestly – I I can't. I don't think he's going to win. I think Gordon's going to get it done here. I think he's going to knock Flick out, and uh, I think he's going to score extremely well. Like, this is just one of those fights. It's a complete shit show. Low-level MMA for sure. Um, 
are we really going to pick against Malcolm X the week of Martin Luther King Jr. Day? I'm not. I am. I'm not. Give me Malcolm Gordon. (laughs) We're right in the middle between Black History Month and Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and this dude's name is Malcolm X. I'm against a guy that does know how to punch. I'm taking Malcolm X. (laughs) God. This line. Jimmy Flick sucks, bro. So does so does Malcolm Gordon, and that's why I'm mad. I had to deal with this shit. (laughs) This opened up at minus one nineteen. You're telling me this line has moved a dollar. It's moved a dollar in Malcolm Gordon's direction. Look, that's uh, even if he should be the favorite, fine. A dollar. James Krause is licking his lips like a cartoon wolf somewhere right now. This this line screams. It fucking screams pre-fight injury. I'm hoping it gets called off. Like it just <laughs> how how do you not think? Well, Jimmy Flick's fucking hurt. And remember, he retired three fights ago. He won his mm-hmm. UFC fight and was like, I'm done. And then he came back. Yep. Probably probably because he needs money. Fine. Didn't look like the same fighter at all. And now this line tells me he's probably fighting injury, probably because he needs money. Now I'm reading a lot into it. And after all that, I still have to pick this motherfucker. <laughs> like Oh God! Look, I think Jimmy Flick is the better wrestler, in my opinion. I think that's where this fight should go. He has the wrestling advantage, and if they stand and strike, Malcolm Gordon's chin, I think, falls off. But I'm not confident. I, especially with the odds at plus one eighty, I, I there's if you're lying, if you got Malcolm Gordon at minus one twenty, good bet. If you're right. laying, if you're laying Malcolm uh, minus two twenty on Malcolm Gordon, seek help. Slide, slide into my DMs to take other wagers that that I may want. Type BetterHelp.com into your search bar. I this fight has got me twisted. It just does. Play play both guys. Yep. You want to play Gordon in cash? I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking at my cash line. I'm going motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. I have the weirdest cash lineup. It's... In that I've ever made, probably. I have one underdog. Where the fuck did it go? I mean, the, the cash build real quick. It's probably click on that. Well, before you give it out, I went Sidey at 89, Bueno Silva, Chris yeah. Curtis, Malcolm Gordon, Sean Strickland, and oh, Arnold God. Allen. <laughs> real quick, I bet you the cat the chalk cash builds probably. Um, people go one of those. So let's see. Hang, on. I'm doing it real quick, and then I'll read it out. Just real quick. What are, what is, There's what is the herd? Range. What is the herd gonna do? Probably that, and then probably the herd. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's gonna be Malat. It's gonna be Evloev. It's gonna be Duplessis. It's probably. I'm trying to. I ran into a little trouble with the last spot here. Oh, where's this dog? Where is um I I would bet the herd goes something like Strickland Duplessy stack. Oh, I forgot about um Myra Bueno Silva. Oh, I know what I, I know what it'll be. I found it. Not of Loyev though, which is the miss. Maybe. If I had to guess, and this is totally just just me guessing, guys, it's Strickland Duplessis, Jazz Devicious, Malcolm Gordon's odds value, co-main event favorite Myra Bueno Silva, and then your your uh, plug and play last spot 
is Garrett Armfield against Katona because Katona is not likely to finish. I think that's a good good guess. That, and I'm, I don't have any of those really. Probably <laughs> well, maybe Silva. It's, 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 it's probably what it is, but yeah. who fucking knows? And I'm glad we spent some time doing that instead of talking about arm uh, about um Gordon and <laughs> Jimmy the Brick. Oh God, I should probably trim that and post it somewhere because motherfucker, just what a fight, dude. Just fuck that fight. And the problem is you got to play because you're gonna be dead after the first fight. Yep. So. Yep. Anyway. That's my take on the. Those are my take on that awesome fight. But overall, we did have a really solid card. Yeah. Let's do. What the hell? What the fuck? I'm trying to do my bookmark. There we go. Let's do kill shots now. Kill shots for UFC 297. If you're not familiar, first hit the like button. Welcome. So we do an under own play. So it can't be a you know, they're typically underdogs, but it can be a favorite. Someone who's going to be low owned on DraftKings who can break the slate, help you win it all. For me, it's Garrett Armfield. Picking him straight up over Katona. Yeah, pr- pretty simple if you if you read in. You know who it's not? It's not Malcolm Gordon. <laughs> no, I he probably doesn't count this week, actually. Um no. I'll go hundred dollars more. I told you twice, not you, but ev- you, the royal you, that I'm only picking one underdog and I'm fucking sticking to my guns, baby. Arnold Allen. Evloev has not fought a striker like him yet, and we'll see. Allen should have just been, you know. Stuff and takedowns for fucking six weeks. So let's let's see. Let's we'll just see. I'm ex- either way. My favoriteest fight on the entire card. Won't be mad at whoever wins. Love both of these guys. We have to come up with with some kind of like ongoing bet for this podcast, like a, a t-shirt bet. Or I'm not doing chewies. I got. I got. I don't drink. I don't drink. So I got. I got. We got. We got to. We got to come up with some kind of bet. I don't want to do. We do. We did. You know, we should do. I had a t-shirt bet with with uh with Sun Tzu once. We should both get the same embarrassing T-shirt, stick it in our closet. You lose the bet, you got to pull it out the uh, next week. There we go. I like that. All right, we will. We will discuss <laughs> offline. We gotta. We we'll gotta. We Spencer's to, uh, gifts and then figure out and pick one. <laughs> so we'll figure that shit out. Um, those of you new or returners, do me just do me a favor. Hit the like button. Tell your friend about the podcast. It's free. It's free. Soon, Geek is going to come back. Talk about all kinds of nonsense. We'll be here for an extra hour, but. I'm gonna. My whole mission when he comes back is to just, just side rail him and make him say the wildest stuff. <laughs> oh, I, I'll, I'll be on board with that. And, and it'll be easy. But at an hour forty, I'm gonna be like, "Hey, geek, what do you think?" You know, the, the Malcolm Gordon, Malcolm X comment is the perfect thing to to derail him to talking about. I know he's a big um, uh, Wu Tang Clan fan. There we <laughs> go. Can get him talking about Wu Tang and shit. I'll wear my Wu Tang stocking hat next week if it's cold. Uh, Perfect. All right. Anything else for UFC 297 before we get out of here? No, really excited for this one. It's a great entry into the pay-per-views before we get 298 banger, 299 absolute banger, and 300, the king of the bangers, it it seems like. So this is a great, great first step. Absolutely. Ready to do it. Thanks for joining us, guys. Monk, nice talking to you as always. Likewise. Good luck in whatever contest you're playing, unless you take one of my head-to-heads, then fuck you. And I'll see you next time.